Welcome to the main experience. Welcome back to the Main Experience Podcast. I am your host, Jason DeWald. You are listening to Episode 6, and thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode features a conversation with professional videographer Kevin Sennett, a track from Portland band Crystal Canyon, and then to send you off some early morning bird calls recorded on Mount Desert Island, Maine as part of our main soundscape. But first, we have my friend Kevin Sennett. I met Kevin at a local networking event I attended, and in just a few minutes of making small talk, we quickly realized that we are both from the same town in Pennsylvania named Hanover. This is the second time in my life that I have met someone a thousand miles away from where I grew up that was from the same small town I was. That other person has become a really good friend in my life, so I was excited to meet yet another guy from Hanover. Kevin has been on the media scene for a long time in Maine, so he is a wealth of knowledge. He also invited me on a couple of shoots to provide location sound recording, so it has been really fantastic to get to know him as well as work with him. Kevin and I met at my apartment to chat over a beer, where he shared some of the lessons he's learned in his career so far and uh, what it was like growing up in Maine. I hope you enjoy. So let's jump right into it, Kevin. Can you describe briefly uh, the kind of work you do as a videographer now, currently? What are you? What are you? What are you up to? Yeah. So as of like a year ago, I was doing a lot of long form television for outside TV, NBC Sports, um, mostly in like the action adventure world. Uh, but now, more recently, been doing a lot more commercial work, um, which is probably what I enjoy more. Um, and then. There's still some TV work in here and there, but yeah. a little less and less yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. Can you share any specific projects that you're working on currently that you want to sort of like promote or share with us in the future? You know, that's coming out in the future. Anything you're particularly sort of jazzed about? Yeah, I don't know when this is going to air, but I mean, it's already public knowledge. Yeah. Um, so you and I went on a shoot yeah. the other week for a show called This Is Maine, yeah. which is hosted by Aaron O'Valley. Uh, it's going to be on Nussin. Okay. So regional network, she already has a show called Main Life, which airs on Channel 6 in Portland and, well, throughout the state, but Channel 6 from Portland. Um, so it's kind of a play off her earlier show that, you know, is more local, but uh, I think more travel-based Yeah. for Nesson, yeah. which is going to be a pretty cool show. I've already seen uh, the first two episodes, and then I'm currently cutting together episode three for her. So awesome. Show looks pretty sweet. Very cool. Very cool. Um, let's go back to the let's go back to a little backstory. What what was your interest? How did you get into videography? What was it that sort of sparked your Yeah, so uh back in high school, like I skateboarded like a lot of kids. Yeah. And a lot of my friends were shooting skateboarding, uh-huh. cutting like VCR, like you'd run like two VCRs side by yep. side, cool. do tape to tape. Um and then I went to uh, my vocational school in the area and took commercial video and communications there. And that really got things like from a professional standpoint flowing. So that was uh, uh, like like high school age? Yeah, yeah. So um, 
your junior and senior year, yeah. you could opt to leave the high school and go over to the vocational school for half the day and learn an actual trade. That's awesome. As opposed to like banging your head against the desk for yeah. like four more hours. Sure. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So when was it? So you're skateboarding, you're videotaping, you caught the bug, you went to school. When did you decide that, oh, maybe this is what I want to do with my career? Uh, so I don't know that I necessarily knew it was going to be my career. I'd always wanted to do something in the arts. Yeah. Um, I was a big like painter and drawer and going through school. I I did a tour of Mecca and I was like, this isn't going to work. Like you see all these kids and you're just like, not all of you can be professional artists. (laughs) Like it's probably not going to work for me. It's not going to work for any of these. It was like, it's super big eye opener. And then, so video was already kind of happening for me through the vocational school and me and my buddy, when we were like 16, started shooting weddings. And the amount of money we could make in like a weekend for like how young we were was ridiculous. Yeah. And we were, we didn't own any of the equipment either. We were borrowing it from the school. And like, so we had no overhead to go and like make a couple hundred bucks in a weekend. And it was just like, oh, this, like, shit, I can, this is what I can do. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if I knew it was going to be a career back right. then, especially doing weddings, but. I was like, oh, I can it, it was, make it, some fast cash. This it was way. that light bulb. It was like, okay, do this thing that I know how to do. You're going to pay me for it. Okay, I'm just going to do more of this, right? Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if I like was looking at it from like the art side that I do now. Yeah. Um, or back then, it was just like how to capture things properly yeah. and then throw it together as fast as you can right. to get it off to these brides and get a check as fast as you can. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, cause you're, you're similar age to me. You're, you, that was sort of like, you know, nowadays most people could shoot, a, could shoot a wedding with the right equipment. But at that yeah. time, the equipment still wasn't quite as, as sort of consumerized as I should say, as it is now a little bit. Right. I mean, right. Like the cameras we were using were, six thousand dollar cameras right. and they could still only shoot standard def not high definition but standard definition right. to mini dv tapes and like that was the thing that's back when we had boob tubes yeah before 16 by 9 came out like that's what we were shooting that's awesome very cool very cool i love that getting started in the wedding thing um but i think a lot of shooters end up getting started in weddings whether yeah. it's oh, photography okay. or yeah photography sure yeah i know i know i certainly know photographers friends of mine that you know shoot weddings and stuff you, is, uh, i feel like it's like a almost like a rite of passage like you have to do like two years of weddings right before you can get into like commercial or like tv work or anything like that. i'm sure it's like the same way on like uh musicians or bands too right it's like you got to be a wedding band guy at yeah. some point you know? right you do, like, covers at, yeah, you do covers at you do covers at a wedding exactly and that's how you like you and your chops <laughs> exactly okay yeah so you went to school at, and after school after that vocational school and you decided, okay, this is what I want to do, what was the next step from there? Yeah, so I – well, I, I'll give you the long version. So while we were at vocational at this vocational school, they have an award – or a um, competition every year called Skills USA. Um, me and my buddy who I was shooting weddings with entered in a competition to do commercials. We did it on a local community college – and submitted it, and we ended up taking home second place nationally out of all the schools in the country. Wow. The video we lost to was a team out of the Los Angeles area who had a helicopter and were, like, shooting out of a helicopter. We did not have that kind of budget. <laughs> not surprised we lost, but we turned out some pretty good product for that 
small competition. And, you know, I got scholarship offers from Boston University and all this stuff. But they, I mean, not to get sidetracked on that, but it was still a hell of a lot more money than what I ended up spending going to the community college down in South Portland. That's It's funny you bring that up because I think that's something that there's a lot of people that struggle with these days. Yeah. It's like, do you go with that prestige of going to a big school, you know, spending a lot of money, coming out of school with a lot of debt, or do you go for community college or trade school or, or an art school, something that's a little more narrow and a little more affordable. I think it's something that a lot of kids struggle with these days, you know? Yeah. It's, and I think a lot of my parents, you know, they, my mom's a nurse and my dad's a firefighter, which, you know, now you have to go to school a lot to become those things. But when they first, you know, got into those industries, uh, you know, this schooling was very minimal. Yeah. Um, so it was more of like a trade route. So they yep. totally understood me being like, no, I'm not going to go to BU. That's great. So they supported you. I'm going to go to this community college where, you know, not a lot of people know this, but the public access channel in Maine was started at SMCC. Okay. In South Portland, they have a gorgeous studio, um, big green screen, big psych wall, lighting tracks, uh, lighting boards. I mean, I haven't been there in a while, but like when I went there, it was it was really really nice, and they had a lot of really nice gear. So it was a good place to be for for a budding budding videographer. Yeah, I think the one thing I struggled with the most there was I everything they were teaching because they like especially the first year we were there, they had kids who hadn't gone to the vocational school. Mm-hmm. So my first year at SMCC was exactly what I had already spent two years doing at the vocational school. So it it got real boring real fast, Hmm. which was not good for my grades. But (laughs) Interesting. So you went to college, got that. Um, Yeah. um, And what's next? What? How did you... This is where it gets pretty interesting, I think. Uh, So... Not to sidetrack you, because I think this is like an important step in every person's personal career and especially if you choose to go to school in the arts or something specific it's like you go there you get trained you've got you've got some talent you've got some training you've got some drive now how do you turn that into you know yeah so a buddy of mine who i grew up with um who was a year or two ahead of me in school uh went to smcc interned at a company called octagon which is a sports marketing company huge um a lot of people don't know this, but Peter Carlisle, who is Michael Phelps's agent, is originally from Maine in the Portland area. Oh, I think he that? lives in Cape Elizabeth now. So when Octagon bought out his agency, they part of the stipulation was he could keep it in Portland, Maine. So when I was in college, I interned for Octagon, got to work with all these professional athletes from you know Chris Paul to, like I said, Michael Phelps during the 08 Olympics. Oh, wow. Um, I got to follow the U.S. women's snowboard team around leading up to the Olympics in 2010 in Vancouver. Um, So right out of the gate coming out of college, like, I was set in a really good position. That's awesome. So I interned there for, like, six months to a year, I don't remember. And then they brought me on part-time as a shooter-editor, and more and more work came from that. Gotcha. So that kind of just catapulted stuff right from the start. That's great. That's great. That's that's your... You know, you get a break and you got to take it, right? It's like, yeah. you, you know, it's that's cool. 
It's and then, cool. and what a great, what a better way to to wet your chops than to be traveling around doing these, you know, huge sporting events, working with professional athletes. Yeah, it was you know. kind of a crazy ride. I mean, it eventually came to an end, and then like reality settled in, <laughs> and I learned like really how good I was at what I was doing, which yeah. was not as good as I thought. Right. Because I was like, oh yeah, I work with all these people, like you know, name drop, and my stuff's been on NBC and all this stuff, and then you know, you get with these local guys who've been shooting much longer than me and you look at their work and it's so much better yeah and it was just like when i left octagon it was like a huge eye-opener to really where my skill set was yeah and i'm sure that was a reminder and more drive right like oh okay i see where i gotta be i see how good i gotta get now let's work towards that right right so and i think it started i mean it started from utc that vocational school where i learned everything and then kind of blew off my first year of college because I'd already learned it. And I, the same kind of mental mentality went into working for that sports marketing agency where I was like, oh, I already know this. Like, I'm this good. And then you find out real hard that you're not that great. Yeah, so I guess I was going to ask you what some of the challenges were. It sounds like that kind of was, you know, sort of that having to get over. Ego checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. The ego's, a, the ego's something. That's for sure. And um, I, I, it's, it, my ego's much less than what it was when I was like 19. I think that's what happens yeah. through your 20s and whatever. You know, you sort of, you get a decade into the real world and it, every, everything you think yeah. you know when you're young <laughs> is like, oh man, just a reminder of everything you don't know. We yeah. were just, we, I just did a commercial shoot at Bowdoin and we were hanging out with all these college kids and it just took me back. I was like, oh, I was so ignorant and so arrogant. And like just watching these kids walk around boat, and I was like, "That's that was me." Yeah, I know, I know. I was I was the same person, absolutely. Okay, so so the sports marketing agency, you left that, and then is that when you kind of started to go freelance a little bit, or did you go to any other agencies? Um, well, from there, I went and worked for. I got a contract job with uh, Ruger Firearms for six months. Go in there, develop a bunch of content because they were releasing a new website and a YouTube channel and all this stuff. So they brought me and another shooter in and we just sat down for six months with their uh, full-time videographer and we just crammed out a ton of content for when they launched their new site and when they launched uh, their new YouTube channel and stuff. Yeah. So that was right after Octagon and then after that is when I kind of fell back into freelance work. Gotcha. And then have you been freelance since then or? Uh, on and off. I went and... Um, I did a short stint as I think we've talked about this as a professional uh, driving instructor oh, yeah, for right. exotic cars. Um, I worked for a couple different production companies full time down in Boston when I was down there. Yeah, um, one was a really good fit. I loved it, and it just didn't end up working out in the end. Um, and then there was another one that I, so I left the first one for, and then went to the second one. And it was just a complete shit show. Um, like the owners were like the most obscene eccentric people I've ever met and it's amazing they've had a business right. and so I I after working there for I think like two months I ended up quitting that production company and then going back to freelance again yeah that ultimately landed me back in Maine okay after I left that production company down in Boston cool so I want to get this is this is the part of the part of my my questioning where I kind of try to get inside the creative head of of the person all right so what when you're 
First off, when you accept a project, when you're when you're looking for projects, maybe someone's looking for you to do a project. What is it that you're looking for to say, okay, this is something I'm interested in doing? Yeah, I think that's changed over time. It's mm. definitely a lot different than what it was before. It was, you know, what are we shooting? I always loved cars. That was the first thing you could get me in the door for is like, yeah. if you're like, I'm shooting a car commercial, even for like a used car dealer, I was like, I'm in yeah. like that. Um, other than that, it had to be something cool. Like, uh, you know, I was very like, just thinking about my reel first. Like, is this something I can use on my reel? Gotcha. If yes, then I'm in. Yep. Uh, no matter what the cost. Now, I think things have totally changed after leaving my last company I was working with, um, to who's on, who's on the project. Mm -hmm. Do I like working with you? Yeah, right. Okay. It's less about what we're shooting and more about like, is it going to be an enjoyable experience? Can I spend a month with you? Yeah. Can I like, can I, can, do we have good communication? Do yeah. like, do I enjoy it? Are you going to stress me out for like <laughs> weeks on end? Right. Or is it going to be something really enjoyable where, like, we'll continue this working relationship for a long time? Yeah. So I think now it's more based on who the project's for on the client end yep. as well as who I'm working with on set. Makes total sense. Makes total yeah. sense. All right. So you've got the job. You like the people. It's going to be great. You show up. Now you're unpacking equipment, setting up. What are the things that are going through your mind? What are you looking for? What problems are you solving? What's what's going through your head? The first thing, I mean, like, I'm sure any photographer, any shooter will tell you, like, the first thing you enter a space and you look at lighting. Yeah. There's, you know, lights on the wall over here. There's overhead fluorescence. What color temperature are they? Are there big windows we can utilize? Because natural light's always, for me, is always going to beat out any artificial sure. light. And then once you kind of figure out, I mean, these days it's finding the brightest spot almost in the in the place that you want to shoot that also has a nice backdrop. Yep. Uh, depending on what you're shooting. And then the other thing is audio. Is there a, a big AC going? Yep. You can have lots of fan noise. Are people banging metal pipes in the background? Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff that you'll pick up on almost in instinctively yep. going into any space. Yep. And so, like, what, like, what, what are we shooting? Can I, is that sound going to be acceptable? Do we need sound for this shot? Yep. Uh, and then, you know, how can you block out that terrible audio? <laughs> right. I'm sure that's a lot of it, right? It's like, how am I working around this bad audio? Because a lot of times, I'm sure you're stuck with the the space you're in, right? I mean, right. So I you can only pick. So I know much. a couple shooters who, you know, only shoot. Well, I'd say like 90% of their stuff's in studio. Yeah. For me, that's just, I I would love that, but it's not, my clients never want to shoot in studio. They're out doing stuff, right? Right. So we're always, always, always on location. Yeah. Um, I would love a few more studio shoots. <laughs> we're always on location. So I'm constantly having to look at the environment around and how we're going to work around the things that are already there. Yeah. And yeah. what what you can prevent and what you can't change sure um you have any advice for someone that's thinking about doing what you do for a living um i don't know it's kind of tough there's a lot of people doing yeah quote unquote video right you know whether it's for their youtube they vlogs don't, they or, don't need the six thousand dollar camera from school that they're borrowing anymore right right like, like people are shooting on their phones i guess like just 
shoot and shoot and shoot. Like yeah. it was the same thing when I was coming up. The more you shoot, yeah, the better you get at it. The more your work can't be seen if you haven't done any work. Yeah. So just take any opportunity, shoot as much as you can. I learned a lot PAing on some sets for like national campaigns and stuff like that for much larger shoots mm-hmm. that have really come in handy now, even on the smaller sets that I'm involved with. Very cool. All right. So um, when I met Kevin, oddly enough, he's from the same town that I am from in in Pennsylvania, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Snack capital. Snack capital of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so... So that's just crazy because we met each other totally randomly. Um, so I want to get to your history in Maine because you left yeah. Hanover at a very sort of small or not small, young age. Very and you've young. You've been yeah. in Maine for most of your life. So uh, tell us a little bit about your history in Maine and what was it like growing up here? Yeah. So uh, my dad's side of the family is all from Pennsylvania, from Hanover in particular. Yeah. Um, so. He met my mom. She was working down in the Jersey Shore area, uh, Point Pleasant. Um, he was in the Coast Guard. She was working at some pizza place. All of her family resides in Maine for the most part. Um, so we always had a connection to Maine. Um, but I was the third child, and my parents moved back to Hanover before I was born. So I was born in Hanover. My siblings were all born in Jersey. Okay. Um, and then when I was like five, in 1995, yeah, uh, they just decided, like, we're going to up and move back to Maine so that my mom could be closer to her family and grew up in Bangor, Maine. Okay. N- wasn't a whole lot there. Uh, there is now. So, like, Bangor has a pretty good history because they were big in logging way back when. Okay. Uh, so there's, there's a l- huge downtown area. Okay. When I grew up, there was nothing in the downtown area. It was all vacant buildings. But now, like, it's pretty... I'd say pretty up and coming, booming. Okay. okay. Uh, much better than what I remember it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the biggest thing out there was like, yeah, we had the mall. So all the people from Northern Maine, like, Bang, a lot of people consider Bangor Northern Maine, but there's so much more up sure. there. So for us, we're like, oh yeah, like people from the county, that's Northern Maine. Yeah. So they would all come to the movie theater, to the mall, that kind of stuff that we had in Bangor. Um. But yeah, it was a small town. Yeah. What kind small of town Maine? Did you um were you I just assume if you're grow up in Maine, like you live outdoors. Was that what it was like as a kid? Were you just constantly outdoors or Yeah, it was um it's funny because like when you when you say outdoors, a lot of people assume that you're out like hiking in the woods yeah. and all this stuff, but we lived in like a suburb. Yeah, okay. And you know, me and my brother my sister, we would leave the house in the morning and we wouldn't come back till dinner time. Like yeah. we weren't like out hiking in the woods or anything sure. like that. But you know, you were out running amok on the on yeah. the neighborhood kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I so we we spent all of our time outside. Yeah. Have you done did your family do a lot of vacationing in Maine, like to other areas of Maine, or were you going outside of Maine because Well, so we did our annual trip down to Pennsylvania every yeah. summer. Um, which is is good because you know, in the height of tour season, the last thing you want to do is vacation in Maine. Yeah, right. So it was really like early spring and fall that we did stuff in Maine, like went out to MDI because, you know, Bar Harbor and Mount Desert Island is only an hour from Bangor. Okay. Except in the summer when it takes you two hours to get out there. Right. So, you know, come September, 
the park's empty. There's nobody out there. So that's when we would go okay. and enjoy Mount Desert Island. Okay. Well, that, that takes me to what what's your must-see spot in Maine? I'm I'm new to Maine. You know, I'm yeah. looking forward to this spring and this summer here. I know me and my girlfriend are going to be doing as much adventuring as we can. So what's your what's – if someone's saying, hey, I'm, I got all of Maine to see – where should I go? What should I do? What's your spot? I know there's a lot of spots, so it's hard to pick one, but just give me an idea. What I I'll, I'll, check gi- out. I'll give you three. Okay. Three of my favorite spots. One is Lubeck, okay. which is like you just keep heading north. It's on the you know right side of Maine Yeah. Uh, when you hit the Canadian border, so it's like as most uh, east as you can go. Yeah. And there, you know, you're one of... Besides Cadillac Mountain and MDI, you're one of the first people to see the sunrise. Okay. So that brings me to my second spot is Cadillac Mountain. Yeah. If you have a chance, you'll be the first person on the East Coast to see the sunrise when you climb up Cadillac. Well, you can climb up or you can just drive right up yeah. it, which most people do. <laughs> and then the other spot I was telling you about before was uh, Tumble Down. Okay. You hike up. There's a couple different routes you can take. There's an easy route, which is less of an incline and takes you a little bit longer. I or if you're like a extreme hiker climber and there's a steep route with rungs and everything, that's a lot of fun. Um, but you can't bring your dog on that one. Yeah. Uh, and then there's just this gorgeous glass still pond. A lot of people do fly fishing up there. It's really, really serene. And that's out way out in Western Maine. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. It's awesome. I think it's it's one of the things I love about Maine. It's like it's I think there's a lot of that stuff up here, man. It's just yeah. absolutely beautiful, picturesque places. It's it's crazy what you can do in the mountains. I know a lot of people say this, but be in the mountains at one point in the day and then be all the way down the coastline yeah. Yeah. the next. Like. I, you know, oddly enough, I've never actually thought about comparing the two, but that was my observation. I spent a, f- a couple weeks in New Zealand. Yeah. And it, it blew my mind when I was able to start on one beach, drive literally through snow-capped mountains, and then be on another beach in the same day. You know? Yeah, it's right. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. So yeah, it's great. Every they got you got everything here in Maine. You know, beaches, mountains, woods, all the good stuff. Um. All right. Well, I'm an eater and drinker. Yeah. We love libations, my girlfriend and I. So, what's your go-to places to eat and drink? Um. Doesn't have to be even around here if there's any place you know further away or. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I know. Can't it's get hard. much better than Portland. Yeah, right. For food and drink, Camden has really good spots. I do have to say. Um, yeah, uh, I'd say if like if there's one spot I'm gonna recommend over everything, it's probably Duck Fat in Portland. Okay. Yeah. Nothing extravagant. Nothing. They do paninis. Yeah. Really, really good. In the summer, there's going to be a line out the door. Yeah. It would almost be impossible. So go during the winter. Yeah. Get a sandwich and a beer. Best I've, spot in town. I've had the uh, I've had the poutine. It's delicious. Poutine's really you yeah. got. We've learned you have to get extra gravy on the side. Ah, okay, all right. Little, Little hack there. insider tip. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, so dump, that's eating, drinking. I know you're a Bissell Brothers fan. Is that is that your pick or? I you know I'm a little biased because they. You know, sponsored the hockey team I play on. <laughs> okay. And I play with Peter Bissell. Uh, so I am a little biased. I, there's not a Bissell beer that I haven't liked. Yeah. Outside of Bissell, I'd say Orno Brewing's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, and Austin Street okay. is really good. Any, uh, any like bars? Like you do the cocktail thing or the bar thing? Any good like hangout spots that aren't breweries? There's a couple. Recommend? 
like for atmosphere yeah. is, is it's pretty um i'd say not hidden but not well known but top of the east okay you you know they used to be the hotel was kind of run down and then the westin bought a hotel called the eastland which is the whole irony on itself but at the top there's this uh bar restaurant that gives you 360 views of the city okay gorgeous great cocktails an okay bar menu okay but like if you're looking for atmosphere and drinks that's a great spot top of the east awesome cool all right um we're gonna be wrapping up here last question uh any advice for anyone thinking of moving to maine you know it's funny so they just did an article maine was voted like i don't know one of the top cities to live in i think we ranked like 23 out of who knows how many and all the comments on the article were stop posting nationally about portland maine because you're driving up the housing costs yeah, or, right. you know, there's no parking all this stuff and it's like literally it's one city in the state of Maine yeah. that has high housing costs <laughs> and no parking like there's a lot of Maine to enjoy there's it's not Portland a ton of Maine like <laughs> right. you're literally choosing one city out of the state and <laughs> then you're going to complain about it it's a it's, big state it's a big yeah, state live anywhere other than Portland <laughs> yeah like you and I know like we both live outside of Portland yeah right within driving distance yeah. you know it takes me 10 minutes to drive from Yarmouth to Portland. Oh, that's what that's what seems interesting is because it's not a big city, you seem yeah. like you feel like you can get any you, you're not in the city, but you can get anywhere in 10 or 15 minutes. Right. You know, it's like everything seems like it's right here and you so, and you're not So in, my advice is, you know, move within 20 minutes of Portland. <laughs> right. Okay. And you won't have any of these issues everybody complains about. I'm just like, gotcha. I love it. Come to Maine, just move 20 minutes away from Portland. And that's just southern Maine. Like there's Sure. There's a ton of Maine out yeah. there. Growing yeah. up in Bangor, Bangor is a good spot is now. The, is Bangor like what would be considered maybe the number two city to Portland as far as like size and or is Augusta more? Bangor is definitely bigger. Okay. Uh, population, size. Um, so I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, Augusta is a good city if you're looking for, you know, kind of a suburb area which is kind of more out in the woods there's less going on so it's a little slower of a pace yeah um bangor has always just been like chains though like there's nothing a little bit now but before there was like nothing unique about it yeah yeah it was a mall with all your ruby tuesdays and <laughs> sure that kind of stuff yeah, yeah yeah so i like i i mean i grew up there so i'm i don't know if it like i bias in the opposite direction on bangor i'm just like don't ever move there because <laughs> Unless you like Texas Roadhouse, because that's all you're going to get. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this. This yeah, was of course. To totally insightful. Um, Kevin's Kevin's been great. He's been one of the nicest people I've met in Maine so far. And um, we've hung out a few times, and he was happy enough to, or nice enough to uh, invite me along a shoot last week, which was great. So um, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, it was great getting to learn about your history yeah. and uh we're gonna we're gonna finish our finish our beers here and turn off the microphone and thanks for thanks for joining us man thanks for having me thanks again to kevin for taking the time and uh coming on the show he's a he's a really great guy i'm just so happy i've gotten to know him if you would like to see some of kevin's work check him out online at www.kevinsenate.com check the show notes for a link 
Next up in our main music feature, we have a new single from a Portland band called Crystal Canyon. I'm hoping to sit down and chat with this band very soon to learn more about its members and their music. This song was just released on their social media pages a few days ago, and I'm happy to share it with you here as well. So turn it up. This is Crystal Canyon with Boomerang. was Crystal Canyon with their latest single, Boomerang. They have a show coming up in Portland this month, so make sure you go check them out at the Port City Music Hall, June 28th. For ticket info, visit portcitymusichall.com. To hear more from Crystal Canyon, check them out at crystalcanyon.bandcamp.com and check the show notes for those links. I hope you all enjoyed episode six of The Main Experience. If you aren't subscribing already, make sure you hit that button to not miss an episode. And make sure you follow the show on social media to make sure you stay up to date on what each episode has to offer. 
If you like what you're hearing or have any ideas for someone you'd like to hear on the show, find us on social media and send us a message and let us know what you think. Check the show notes for links to those pages. We are going to finish up episode six with another main soundscape recorded on my recent trip to Mount Desert Island, Maine. The early morning bird activity made sure we didn't sleep in too much on our camping trip. So I woke up really early one morning and got my gear out and made some recordings. I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you next time on The Main Experience. The Main Experience is produced by Audio Evolutions. Audio Evolutions is a small business run by me, Jason DeWald, and I would love to work with you on your next project. In the modern age of digital media, it is easier than ever for people to be creative, but poor audio quality can distract from all of your hard work and ruin your project. Let Audio Evolutions help evolve your sound to the next level. Offering services ranging from full-scale music production for your next album, podcast production to give you the professional sound you deserve, audio post-production for video, location sound recording for video shoots, and even voiceovers. Send an email to jason at audioevolutions.net and let me know how Audio Evolutions can help you evolve the way your world sounds.